You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome to another issue of Imagine If. It's October, guys, and guess what? That means... Comics, comics, and spooky, spooky skeletons. Oh, spooky I, mean, times. <laughs> I mean, I was going to go for horror, because that's what we usually do, Chris. We do, we do, we do horror comics in October, but uh, we're going to go a little bit different this, this month, because... There's quite the homicidal maniac getting a promotion <laughs> that's there. That's true. He's getting his own... The Joker is getting his own movie. That's true. Um... I don't. I don't. Uh, won really the award know. of TIFF. It won the it greatest won. movie the DC has ever. I don't created. know. Did it win an award as a TIFF? I know it won it at Venice. Oh well, yeah, it did win at Venice. The yeah. Golden Line. It didn't win it. Yeah, TIFF. It won the Golden Line. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. Um, and it comes out tomorrow. Uh, so we'll probably be there to watch it a Monday, no less. Right? No, we record we record oh, this on true. Sunday, that's but right. it comes yeah. out on Sorry, it comes out on Wednesday. So. My mentality. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. Is that craziness of what we build with the Joker? It it puts you in this different mind state, just like Joaquin Phoenix does. Because in on paper, yes, it looks like it makes sense, right? It looks like he'd be great, but. I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of the trailers. I'm not either. So this is one of those things that it kind of takes me back to to the X-Men films, especially like First Class. It's like, if you had called that movie anything else, I'd love it 100%. But when you call it the X-Men and you give me that, that continuity, that, that mythos, that love... And then you give me that movie. I'm so wait, sad. are you talking about the 2001 movie? Or are you talking I'm about talking, the? I'm talking about X-Men all of them. Class. Okay, but especially first class. Okay. you know when you when you slap that label on there, because like, you know what's gonna save this Joker movie for me? I'm just gonna call it the Clown. <laughs> Be like, hey, are you guys gonna go watch the Clown? Yeah, I'm gonna go watch the Clown, and then That's I can true. appreciate it. And for our friends, you know, south of the border, El Payaso. El Payaso. I, I mean, I think that I was, sounds better. I saw this movie in 1995. It was called Falling Down. I saw this movie in 1977. It was called Taxi Driver. I mean, <laughs> it's it's nothing new. They're yeah. just deciding to put the Joker's face on it for some reason. Hey, John Wick had violence too, okay? Yeah, Quit picking on that's me. What, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those things where and we'll probably get into it a little bit of it when we talk about today, but, you know, so the whole debate, you know, is the Joker better when he doesn't have an origin yes yeah i'll give you that right now (laughs) and i agree i I completely agree with that because yes the joker is one of those things he's that he's that chaotic force of nature that you don't understand and it it becomes a dichotomy because the batman exists in itself Mm -hmm. and yeah so when you give him that origin you know it loses some of its muster it loses some of its magic but more importantly it loses some of its chaos yes and i think that's what makes the joker work yes the chaos so we're October is going to be our Joker month, so we're going to start off the month with talking about one of the most iconic Joker stories I think out there. After oh, yeah. probably Killing Joke and uh, the, the one, the man who laughs, the man who laughs, yeah. yeah. The man who laughs. So this is a, a death in the family. Mm. Pretty, pretty big story for DC Comics, for Bat families, for Robins. Yep. Um, well, big in comic books. I mean, that moment. 
is up there. Yeah. You know, that, that, that moment. We'll get more into it. But yeah, this is definitely like a milestone in comic books. And then we'll the following week we'll probably end up doing a whole Joker 101 just to talk just so that we can all talk about our experience going to see Joker yep. in the theaters. El Poyoso. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we'll 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 round out the rest of the month with some more Joker Joker goodness. Yes. Badness. And, and Joker shenanigans. Shenanigans. Thank you. Uh, you you just have to keep tuning in. So before we get to talking about a death in the family, Batman, a death in the family, Chris, what is on the spinner rack today? All right, it's Wednesday. Let's get to those comic shops and let's take a look. Batman Absolute Arkham Asylum 30th Anniversary Edition. This is billed as one of the greatest Batman stories ever told. Grant Morrison and Dave McKean come together and basically the inmates have taken over the asylum and they're asking for Batman in exchange for the hostages. So Batman's got to check out the personal hells of Joker, Scarecrow, Poison Ivy, and Two-Face. Man, that sounds like some crazy stuff. This is one of those stories I haven't read and I keep meaning to. So this just might be the addition that pushes me over to finally do it. Is this the one with the acid trip illustrations? I think so, yeah. Mm. And that's kind of what holds me off is that the art is just not too... Like, it looks a little too heady. It's like a very, very strong fever dream, which thematically is awesome. But to read, it might be hard. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this. Is Arkham Asylum just as much uh, a part of the Batman mythos as batman like as everything as gotham as the batmobile so you're saying like the building arkham asylum yeah the the institute yeah oh no i think so so you i mean you can't because that's what the rumors are for matt reeves batman movie or the batman i should say uh is that it you might get a version of long halloween you might get a version of dark victory essentially something where it's going to revolve around all the the villains inside of arkham asylum hmm um, and yeah, I mean, we, we commonly, whenever we read a Batman movie, Batman story or watch a Batman story, you end up at Arkham Asylum at some point. So oh, yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. And I mean, I know with recent iterations, Arkham's always the main one, but they also, you know, talk about Blackgate and how Blackgate, people yeah. can't be Blackgate anymore because of that. And, but no, I think Arkham really stands on its own just because it's always the place where, you know, Batman, the whole idea, the dichotomy, the no-kill rule, what do we do with these criminals who technically are also, you know, insane, criminally insane. Right. And so it kind of goes into this other beautiful, you know, topic of mental health and what this means and so, and how people abuse it, right? With Dr. Strange, not Dr. Yeah. Strange, Hugo Strange. Well, Is he's he also a doctor. Strange, right? He's a Dr. Hugo Strange or Professor Hugo Strange. Dr. Dr. H. Strange. Strange. Kind of <laughs> like him, like I'm recently playing uh, right now Arkham City over again. Okay. And, you know, him and his whole Arkham City idea and this whole building of creating something for the supervillains and how sometimes if you don't kill the villain, are you really dooming the society right mm-hmm. and i think channel channeling some of that and kind of exploring those concepts through arkham asylum i think is always interesting for reading mm-hmm. especially you know when tom king brings it in and bane beats up all the criminals <laughs> so that's yeah. dope well and i always like arkham asylum because it kind of takes me back to one flew over the cuckoo's nest and it's like when you think about these things like are they actually genuinely helping people what's the whole point of this you know and so i think it, it, it lends itself very well to the conundrum that batman has to go through the one thing though i will say that i do get tired of with arkham asylum though is how it always like i think it's jeremiah arkham like they make him a bad guy like i'm like no just let him be this poor son of a gun who has to run arkham asylum <laughs> don't don't make him be a bad guy because yeah. i think i one point i think he was black mask because there's been like two or three oh. black masks well you know that's i i think that arkham is also like 
it is essentially a smaller version of Gotham. Like the idea, or Gotham PD, I should say, because these are both institutes that are supposed to be there to help, but they always end up being corrupt. Like there's always ends up being someone higher up that, that has corrupted the system and either lets the bad guys go, helps them out, you know, becomes a bad guy themselves. Yeah. Uh, I know in some iterations of Batman, they always, they have the Arkham's related to, uh, Oh yeah. Batman. The Waynes and the, the Waynes Waynes and the Arkham's are the three big power families. Yeah. yeah. So and then the owls showed up. <laughs> but I like I like what you're talking about, Mitch. Because also another way of looking at it also is Arkham is also that because Batman it's built on the mythos of this demon, this larger than life monster that hunts down criminals. This fear aspect, right? This this horror aspect, especially with the month of October. Arkham Asylum could also be considered the haunted house, right? With yeah. all of oh, most the monsters that exist, and that that's kind of something that builds one in Batman Eternal with what there's going on underneath Arkham, but also builds into you know the Arkham Asylum story itself, because yeah. um, that's what it is. You know, what are the ghosts and the monsters that exist? Because whether they exist or don't exist, you know, if those walls had eyes, the horrors that they've seen, right? Yeah, well, that's a good point. I like that. Th- right there, that's, that's your. October horror Batman movie right there. <laughs> Just call it Arkham. That's it. I'll, I'll, I'll watch that. I'm I'm almost positive that we're going to... I mean, if we're getting Joker, we're getting The Batman. You know, these are all movies that are going to take place outside of any common continuity you you can totally just do an Arkham yeah. movie and just give us all the villains because people love villains mm. and we'll probably get this movie before New Mutants it's calling probably it. <laughs> that's unfortunate uh, but true alright let's see moving along um, DC Comics is doing their facsimile editions as well so Batman issue 251 will be reprinted and this is part one of the Joker's five way revenge coming from Neil, uh, Denny, Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams uh, this is a beautiful cover you are familiar with it it's a giant Joker holding the ace of spades with Batman stuck on it yep. just such a huge image so it's like there's a Joker film coming out that they did this one <laughs> <laughs> uh, but perfect timing. Batman, the current series, Batman 78 is getting a second printing, which was a very fun issue. And Batman 80 will be out as well, continuing on with the City of Bane. Uh, this is going to be the issue, though, that hurts Mitch because it'll be John Romita Jr. art. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's me throwing up. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm excited for the story, but yeah, it's kind of like, oh, Nothing no. against the man. Drawing comics is hard, but. He draws better than I do, but I just... Uh, it's, it's, it's just not just something not that there. appeals to me, yeah. so... Uh, but anyway, so yeah. Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, part 6 of 6 is out. Oh my god, this is that mashup that you didn't know you wanted, but you're getting it. <laughs> and if we look at this cover, and somebody mentioned this, and I can't say, but if you look at the cover... Uh, the I think this would be the Kevin Eastman cover. It looks like it might be a giant Bane with Krang inside his stomach. Oh I God. thought it was the oh anti-monitor <laughs> with oh. a giant Krang inside there. So I'm like, oh, but either way, that is a crazy mashup that I'm just super psyched for. So once this, has come, once this comes out and it's fully collected, I definitely could see myself putting that trade on my shelf. Uh, Deceased Part 5 of 6 is out. Um, I was lucky enough to do an advanced review on this one. Oh, my God. This issue will tear your heart out. I'm just going to put a word out there, hope, and it's up to you to decide. Yeah. I highly recommend this series. It's fantastic. It's sad. It's amazing. Uh, Deathstroke issue 48 is out there, and this will be dealing with the death of death, the death of Deathstroke issue. Uh, I love that the, uh, the the year of the villain cover uh, is basically kind of like an homage to Superman, the death of Superman. So with that stick holding the cape, instead here we have 
Deathstroke sword with his mask dangled mm. over it. Uh, Dollar Comics will be out, and these are cheaper reprints of old DC comic books. And Joker number one is out, and this one comes from Denny O'Neill and Irv Novak. Uh, this was Joker getting his own, I think it was a 12-issue series. But anyways, very, very classic uh bronze age funness fun stuff there so uh you're gonna have the joker basically squaring off or teaming up with two-face depending on which persona he's talking to do you remember what which storyline it was in batman where it started off because the one of the doctors at arkham told joker that he had cancer oh wasn't that um wasn't that Emperor Joker? Is that Emperor Joker? Because I know he was dying, and I think that's kind of like how he got the powers. So he was like, let me t- go talk to Mix Mixing Flick and something, convince yeah, him to something. give me his powers. Cause it, like, because that was when they did like that Joker month, and it was across the DC mm-hmm. universe, because that's when you had like a parallax Joker. Oh my God, that was nuts. <laughs> but yeah, it was something like that, because yeah, I think he was dying of cancer. Well, was like, oh. it was a lie. The, guy, the yeah. doctor just told him that he was dying from cancer, because he was like, well, maybe if he comes close to his mortality he might he, he might correct himself yeah, stop that didn't work <laughs> yep at least at least he tried dang it <laughs> uh let's see doomsday clock uh the doomsday clock hardcover part one will be released and that will feature the first six issues of doomsday clock uh me personally i'm gonna wait for the full thing to be collected yeah on a full volume uh there will be a flash giant number one so this will be a 100 page giant with some reprints and some new stories there not a bad deal, 100 pages for $5. So they're going to be uh, putting these out more to basically attract fans. So this should be fun stuff. Green Lantern issue 12 will be out, and that'll end season one, as they've been calling it, with Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp. Uh, I got to flip through that issue as well. It was pretty wild, some heavy-duty stuff. So that'll end the book, and then it'll be rechristened uh, the the the... Oh my God! I forget what the the, the, the black, black stars, black stars, yeah, the black stars, and then they're going to be back from there. So that'll is be Grant Morrison still staying on? Yeah, yeah, he's going to be on, and that's going to give Liam Sharp some time to work on the art, so he can get a couple more books in the can. Because mm-hmm. surprisingly, I mean, Liam Sharp, his art is beautiful, and it's been him every issue on time. So that's been fantastic stuff. Uh, Justice League issue thirty three will be out, and this continues the Justice Doom War, where we see the Justice League teaming up with the Justice Society and also on the future front with Commandy the Last Boy. Uh, speaking of future stuff, Legion of Superheroes Millennium Part 2 of 2 comes to a conclusion, and this is basically the story that brings the Legion of Superheroes back into the DC Universe fold. And on the cover, we see a nice view of the Legion flight ring being offered to Jonathan Kent, the new Superboy. Uh, Lois Lane issue four will be out part of her story there. Superman issue 14 will be getting a second printing, which is part of the unity saga. You know, it was funny. I I know we've kind of talked about Bendis being on the Superman books, uh, Rafa and I, and I kind of lost it. I was just like, eh, whatever. I didn't care as much. And then he concluded the whole thing with Jor-El and basically like, this tribunal, you know, puts uh, Jor-El right in front of him and they, they decide that he's guilty for his crimes. And so they punish him by sending him back to his moment in time where he should have been. Um, and it's a bummer because I'm like, oh, I wish I would have stayed on because like, I think I dropped the book at like 11 or 12. And then it's like 14 or 15 is the final issue. And you're like, son of a gun. I was so close to having that whole story <laughs> that I didn't care for, but at least I would have had it done. So, But yeah, so basically the menace of... The flashpoint driven out of, I don't know what to call that thing, but this Jor-El with the weird face, <laughs> yeah, it's finally done. So that's kind of a shame because I wonder, was that the plan for that character or was that just what kind of became of it? So 
I don't know. I guess that'll be one of those mysteries. Uh, Superman Up in the Sky Part 4 of 6 will be out. This is the Tom King Walmart giant stories being collected for your local comic shops. Uh, If you are wanting to get into the mood of Halloween, DC will be releasing a very DC Halloween. Uh, This will be featuring some of their bigger Halloween books that have 18 different stories in there. So this will run at $16.99, but it'll be featuring some Batman, Swamp Thing, The Demon, and Solomon Grundy coming at you there. Uh, Young Justice Issue 9 hits the stands there. Uh, Just to kind of pick your brain on it, Mitch, so they finally have released Robin's new name, the Drake. What do you think? I think it's terrible. (laughs) I think that's the (laughs) dumbest thing they could have done. Like, I get it. The reason they named him Tim Drake because it's Drake it's the bird, bird out, yeah. Robin Bird. Like you knew that he was going to be coming Robin. So yes, we named him Drake. But that's not that's that's like me becoming a superhero and saying, "Oh, I'm the Mitch." I thought you were. You'll never <laughs> you'll never know who my real identity is. <laughs> It's almost as bad as if they ever called somebody the signal, you know? Hopefully they'll never do that. Oops. (laughs) No, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, some of these newer names, like, I don't know. I mean, did people, like, were they talking like that in the 1940s? Who's this cat they're calling the Batman? What a ridiculous name, the Batman. You're probably right. Yeah, that is. And so they just sound goofy. And I mean, after years and years. But no, you're right. Like, the Drake, it's like, okay, you have a domino mask. And his name is Tim Drake. Like people are gonna start putting two <laughs> together. Plus, when I hear Drake, I think of the singer. I'm like, oh, that's, that's where it that's takes true. my mind. So I just I didn't I think about that. that. And yeah. yeah, I mean, if if his name was Tim Nelson, I would have been. And he calls himself the Drake. I would have been like, oh, that's okay, cool. That's, that's cool, fine. Yeah. It works. But yeah, if your name is Tim Drake and you call yourself the Drake, that's dumb. You're you're bad at naming yourself. Yeah, I agree. Oh, here comes the Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> is there a reason why he's not going by Red Robin? I, I think they just kind of, even though he's Red Robin, everybody just calls him Robin. Right. You can't do that because Damien's Robin, so they wanted to give him something different. So Kind of like what they did with, uh, what is it, Ghost Spider? Yes. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, Spider Gwen, but we can't do that, so we'll call her Ghost Spider. And it's yeah. like, she just would have been Spider Woman. But and, you can't you call know, her Spider Woman because yeah, there's already there's so already many Spider yeah. Women. So it's, yeah. So they it's, write themselves into a corner. No, they really did, actually. It's funny. That's exactly what happened. It's so, like, oh. I know we've done this multiple times, but say you wanted to keep, uh, you know, some legacy going in, in, in that book, what should Tim Drake call himself? So, what name would I have called him? Um, gosh. You know, honestly, like, I, I grew to like Red Robin. Um, I really Same loved here. it when he was wearing the Red Robin Kingdom Come costume. Mm-hmm. I bought that. I think it was like an 18 or 22 issue series. I loved it. I thought it was so great. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I would have just totally done a revert, put him back into that costume and let him be Red Robin. Um, if we can't do that, I guess, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably just start looking up, you know, some other bird themes and try to go with that and, you know. Uh, you got Nightwing, so I, I, I'm I'm fond of Nighthawk, but then that's too close. Well, um, I mean, Nightwing gets uh, the ret- the I don't know if it's the well the the, the inserted continuity. The inserted yeah. continuity is that Nightwing gets his name from the the Kryptonian superhero, right? Which the other one was Flamebird. Flame Bird. Why not give Tim Drake the name Flamebird? I don't know. Flamebird is it, it worked in the fifties, and let's just leave it there. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just I don't know. It sounds call him Redbird. You know? <laughs> yeah. Red. Big Bird? <laughs> I mean, I just I I feel like there there Sparrow. could be some other some if you want to keep with the bird, fine, but just come up with something. I I I don't know. 
I don't know. Ta- the foul. <laughs> the foul. You could have called him Talon. I would have been okay with that. Raptor. But you know what? I think I think Raptor was the evil Robin from Earth 3, if I remember correctly, mm. something like that. And that's probably what happens in some cases like that where it's like, oh, well, we've we've used him over there. Uh-oh, what you got? He should have just went by Red X. Yes. You get the legacy from the cartoon. You do yeah. get the legacy. <laughs> Titans all the way. I'll be down with that. Or I like Red Raptor. Red Raptor? I get used to Red but Raptor. I mean, isn't Raptor the dinosaur? Yeah, not it a- makes you think of a dinosaur for sure. <laughs> but Batman has a dinosaur T-Rex inside. The pheasant. <laughs> the pheasant. <laughs> the quail. The quail. Quail man. Quail man. <laughs> it's finally part of it. I mean, he's not... He is Tim Drake, but he's also traveling around in an alternate universe. That's what... Bendis has him doing right now, right? Right, yeah. So it's not like anyone over there knows who Tim Drake is, so I guess that's fine. Yeah, I think that's what that's what helps is that they're kind of off planet right yeah. now and you know, cuz even then like didn't he have like a brown costume or something like that? Yeah, like, he has like a a weird looking costume. Yeah, so I don't know. I I hope this doesn't stick. I guess is what we're saying. That, <laughs> and I mean also, I mean if this if they're taking a play at, you know, this is him growing out of the Robin persona, right? And they're trying to get away from Robin. Okay, that's cool. You know, because we do have iconic names. We got Nightwing. We got Red Hood. So now we just have to, hopefully, Tim, I'd like them to somehow put Detective in there somehow. Because I think that is his main thing. That's supposed to be his thing. Yeah. They kind of gave it to Batgirl in that, though. That's true. No, but uh, but that was going back to that Red Robin. That was a big thing about I liked with that book was he was squaring off against Rachel Ghoul. And Mm -hmm. Rachel Ghoul would always talk to Bruce as the detective and bruce was dead at this time and he started calling him the detective mm-hmm. i was like that's cool yeah you know you're so, right yeah definitely I mean, right like sleuth maybe that could be his nickname or something you know because he also has that great technology background as well you mm-hmm. know that's another part of tim drake that sometimes gets forgotten whatever it is though i think it does need a two-part though like night wing red hood i think it has to have that that not just I don't like the Drake. I think that's cheating. Yeah. Because <laughs> no. you're just going to call him Because well, it's the Batman and we don't say the Batman. You just say Batman yeah. or Robin. So <laughs> you just, it needs two syllables, what you're telling me. Bouncy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. It, I, I guess they did the best that they could. Yeah. I guess Brian Michael Bendis did the best that he could. <laughs> I haven't read that book. I mean, I read the first issue and I haven't been reading comic books in a, in a little bit, but like I understand that the young, that old Young Justice group is there doing this on what was it Amethyst or Gemworld or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, is Tim Drake still around in the Detective Comics book? Like, I don't think he is because Detective Comics has just been another Batman book as well. Okay. So yeah, I don't think we are seeing him anywhere else in the DC universe. So Titans is either Nightwing or Teen Titans with Damian. Right. So yeah, he him they're all just gone. They so did. Tim Drake comes back from the dead, you know, yeah. does the I'm thing. Back. W- My life's here. Yeah. Does Gone. the thing where, uh, he, he kind of goes crazy and people are like, Oh, uh, you're going a little too far with your, your machinations. And then, uh, he sees future Tim Drake come and try and kill everybody or try to kill Batwoman. And then he's like, I'm a change. I'm gonna do things different. And then, we don't see him no more. He's he's, he's gone. Yeah. Brian Michael Bendis he's took like, him to another world. I'm going to take you off the playing <laughs> field. Well, and that's why I was curious because even then too, like why did Tim Drake get chosen by Dr. Manhattan to be in part of his prison? Yeah. You know, and Jor-El and all these things. But again, these are questions that just like we had such a tight knit continuity and now it's just like, eh, we're moving on. And wasn't he in city of Bane? Isn't he the one that told Damien not to go into, I think Gotham? you're right. 
Yeah. Oh, so he is around. Well, but then again, that's Tom King's Batman. Yeah, that's true. How does that flow in with continuity of itself? You know, that's the tough part about it. Eh, comics. (laughs) What is it? It's Wonder Comics. That's what Brian Ben Brian yeah, Michael his calls imprint. his imprint, right? Yeah, Wonder Comics. I, I wonder if it's just not supposed to be in continuity with the rest of DC universe. Then see, but that, that's the genius of bringing in Doctor Manhattan. We can just say everything fits because he's just changing it constantly. That's that, true. He's the hands. He's, he's the, the blue hands. hands. Yep. He's the he's gonna punch walls. <laughs> he's the invisible hand of economics. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Going to the other place that gives us some fun times, Marvel Comics. Uh, what they've got coming out this week, we have Absolute Carnage, Immortal Hulk number one. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of hype about this book. Uh, Immortal Hulk has been doing fantastic, and so has Absolute Carnage. So you take those two items and put them together. Who knows what's going to happen? So that if you get your chance, you might want to pick this one up. I don't know what to expect, but you know, it, on the secondary market, I think it's going to hit huge. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man issue 28 is getting a second printing. Bizarre Adventures is coming back because it's still Marvel's 80th anniversary so they're going to bring this title back in um this is just going to be the wild stuff we're going to see some shang chi ulysses bloodstone dracula and uh the marvel debut of archwood's chris onstad i don't even know what that means but it's bizarre so that's going to be all the stuff that's coming out in that book uh black cat will be on issue five the champions will be getting issue 10 and i think uh this might be the last issue of the champions so i don't know um it was a fun ride while it lasted, so that's a shame to see that it won't make it. Uh, Contagion will be out for Marvel Comics. Uh, they saw that Deceased was doing fantastic, so I think they're going to do their own version of it where there's basically just a crazy mega virus going out. Uh, Ed Breeson is writing this. I love his stuff. I, I, I think he does great. The art just doesn't sell it for me. That's why I'm going to pass. And plus, they're going to release it as a trade, and in, instead of buying five issues at $4 for 20 bucks, I could probably buy the trade for 15 that's where I think I'm going to head. Ed Breeson, what else did he write? Well, he familiar. was the one who brought uh, Extermination and then that Cyclops that's right. Returns that's annual. Right. Okay. So, yeah, that's, that's why that name brings a smile to all of us. So then he, he's the Cyclops homie. Yes. Uh, Cosmic Ghostwriter Destroys Marvel History will be released in trade paperback. Daredevil issue 10 will be uh, second printed with a beautiful cover. This artist that did issue 10, uh, Jorge Fornes, Wow. Like I was reading that issue and it totally, uh, it made me think of David Mazzuccelli, uh, when he did daredevil. Um, oh my God, big story. Um, Fall from Grace. Mm. Oh, man, beautiful stuff, so I love that. Uh, and then issue 12 of Daredevil will be out. This book is on fire. I mean, I just can't get enough. Chip Zardaski and Marco Cicero are on this issue. It's fantastic. This through hell arc. I mean, the whole thing is an arc. It's not just like, oh, this is the third story. No, all 12 issues fit together, so it's beautiful, beautiful stuff, so I highly recommend this. Um Doctor Strange issue 20 will be out. Fantastic Four issue 15. The Future Foundation will be getting issue number three. And now here's the big one. This is the one I want you to go buy it. And if you don't like it, send it to me. I'll buy it from you. Ghost Rider (laughs) number one. Here it is. Speaking of, I don't know if anybody heard about this news last week. Uh, The Ghost Rider TV show that was going to be on Hulu has been canceled. Yep, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's a shame because Gabriel Luna did a great job as Robbie. I think he was great. Uh, I love the look. I think, um, uh, like, there's something, something's going to happen. I don't know exactly what. Like, is it going to be that they're going to bump the Ghost Rider up into the MCU, that's maybe? Exactly, well, you know? that's exactly what it is. I, I, I'll put dollars to donuts right now that you're gonna, we're going to be getting a Ghost Rider movie before 2023. 
Hey, I'm totally down for that. But like, isn't Nicolas Cage busy? <laughs> is Nicolas Cage ever really busy, though? That's a good, that's a good question. <laughs> I watched National Treasure. That is a National Treasure. I mean, that movie's good. I'll give you that, but he, he's he got a slew of bad movies. Top top three performances. You know right what there. the thing is, is all those castles in Europe, they cost money. You have to pay taxes on them. Yeah, that's <laughs> what Who hurts? wants to own a castle unless you're a vampire? Nicholas Cage uh, thinks he's a vampire, so. <laughs> and also talking about Ghost Rider, the original spooky skeleton. Yes. All right. So Johnny Blaze is back. He's the king of hell, and he's going to be teaming up his brother Danny Ketch, the great Ghost Rider of the '90s. Those two gentlemen are going to be basically cleaning up heaven and hell and earth. Uh, this looks fantastic. They've got a preview out, so if you haven't read the issue, definitely check out the preview. Aaron Cooter is doing the art. He just recently got off of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and you'll remember him from being on New. To Superman, he did the the Doom arc, Superman Doom. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, his art is beautiful stuff, and Ed Breeson is the writer on this one. So that is a great one-two punch combination. So I am stoked for this one. Uh, they're going to have various covers. They'll have the one with Danny riding his bike into hell, um, a black variant. Uh, Johnny Blaze is the King of Hell. Uh, variant, um, one with the wraparound with the chain coming at you. So some amazing stuff there. So I'm going to hype this series. I am looking forward to it. So do yourself a favor. Treat yourself. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy issue 8 will get its second printing and this cover will have Rocket Raccoon's uh, mech on there, which totally... What's the uh, Gundam wing? Like, it looks like he's totally flying around in a Gundam. So I'm like, that's cool. What issue? Uh, Issue 8 the second printing cover. Uh, let's see. House of X issue one will be going on to a fourth printing house of X. Number six of six will be out. This is mind blowing. We're finally getting the last issues of these two series. So it's all coming down to Dawn of X. And it's been such a, such a fun journey. Oh, it has. This has been making my weeks more tolerable. So I appreciate it. Uh, and again, there's variants galore. You'll have the gambit toy cover, uh, a Nightcrawler through the decades cover, a slew of villains, cover apocalypse holding the flowers the scotty young covers all kinds of stuff uh immortal hulk issue 21 gets a third printing immortal hulk 24 will be out uh let's see what else do we got uh marvel comics 1001 that's right somebody had to go there so marvel comics is going to be having the part two of their 1000 story namer is going to be getting some love namer the submariner by john byrne and jay lee omnibus will be released Ooh, um, so i wonder is, if that means we're going to be getting namer in the mcu oh, soon. namer's going to be getting crazy like the invaders that book like namer's crossed the line it's insane. So it's been fantastic stuff. So Where definitely does, check that okay, out. I actually want to get into that. Where does that fall in? So like um, Invaders, that comes after what main story arc? So it's definitely, it's in current continuity. Um, but it would definitely, like, like Namer's been kind of having his own story arc going throughout the comics. So when they did that Defenders story, that, like, it was uh, the Hulk uh, Incredible Hulk, sorry, Hulk, Doctor Strange, Namor, and um, Silver Surfer. When they did that four issue one shots, like that was leading towards it. So basically, like Namor had a big story arc in the Avengers book where he was kind of like threatening to destroy the world. Was and this before or after Hickman's run? After, after, like in the current stuff with Jason oh, Aaron. Okay. And in Invaders, he actually did it. Like the he main, is the main reason. I've I've been hearing you talk about Namor like these past like seven weeks, and he just keeps getting cooler. And then right. finally, Powers of X five dropped. Oh yeah! And when Xavier goes and visits Namor in Atlantis, when the fuck did Namor look that cool? 
<laughs> yeah, no, with that new suit. So basically, I would say that's it either started in that Defenders or it started in Jason Aaron's. But yeah, that's where he's got that. So that's where I should start. Yes, um, definitely. I'll, I'll, I'll get you some more intel on that. Thank but you. even then, um, the Invaders book, that's the first one to mention this House of X, Powers of X stuff, too. Like they were talking about that there. And when you read the Invaders and you see the secret history between uh, Namor and Xavier, you're really going to hate Xavier even more. Oh, yeah, I thought that was impossible. Stuff. Yeah, he gets <laughs> he gets slimier with each turn. I want, um, I want Namor and Captain America to have – I want Namor to come in. That's the way, so they could bring in some like some old school Chris Evans, like back when they were in the war. I just uh, I want I want some buddy like buddy cop. I was gonna say buddy romance. <laughs> That's twenty nineteen. Why not? But I like their dichotomy. I like her. Their like their relationship. You mean Cap and Namor or Cap Chris and, Evans and whoever they're gonna be? Cap and Namor. Okay. Speaking of that, I know we're kind of off tinge, but who could play a good Namor? So I've I've been going over this a lot. Um, I think Daniel DeKim would have been a great uh, namer. Um, if you watched Lost, he was uh, Jin on Lost. He was in Hawaii Five O. He's currently the producer of Do- The Good Doctor. Ah, so I think that would be great. There's a actor that is on um, a show on CBS right now called FBI. He plays uh, Special Agent OA. He is Muslim. I think he would also make a good-looking namer. I honestly think that they are going to give... They are going to make namer a more Mm -hmm. ethnic-looking background, background. actor. Yeah. Uh, I did think it was going to be Asian, but now that we have Shang-Chi and that whole thing opening up, they might not go Asian with with namer. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I'm looking at this picture of this Daniel guy. He's he's, he's dashingly good looking. <laughs> I could see him being hella namer. Right? And yeah, I, I think that'd be great. I do, But where do you think? Because from what I understand, uh, contract wise or movie movie rights rise, wise, Universal owns uh, namer just like they own the Hulk. Okay. The only way MCU can make a or Marvel Studios can make an MCU movie with Namor, like how they can make it with the Hulk, is if it's in a uh, if he's part of another person's movie. So, so like how he'll be in the Black Panther sequel. Hey! That's what I was gonna say. Is that, ah. is that the best place to introduce him? Is yeah, that, I'd like that. Yeah, I think that'd be a good. You idea. have the two warring nations. I would, but I would throw in three warring nations. I would Ooh, throw Latveria in there. Oh, the three kings. Ooh, I like that. There you go. Black Panther, the three yes, kings. That sounds so good. Man, you just sold me. You hear it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I think that I think that'd be pretty interesting. So that, yeah, the title alone and those three facing off, because it's like, I mean, you got Namor with sorcery, you got Black Panther with technology, and then you got Doctor Doom with sorcery and technology, and then even all of them, they dabble in sorcery and technology. Yeah. So oh my God. Yeah. Dude. We just gotta get the perfect Doctor Doom. Who I thought we already had in the original Fantastic Four movie, but really, you like Julian McMahon? I do like Julian McMahon, mostly because I was a big fan of Nip Tuck. You were a big. I was a big fan of Nip Tuck. So it's like for me, yes, but I mean, again, like we have all of these great actors now. I mean, who else could do it, right? I mean, probably a lot of other people. Keanu. Oh no, Keanu I mean, no, he's great. Oh, he's okay. great. I just I don't want to see. I don't. I don't want to like Doctor Doom that much. Ah, uh, fair. That's yeah, fair. Especially when the little Doctor Doom dog comes out. Like, <laughs> no. Um, you know plus you don't hide that face right yeah well and and so that's a tough one because like a lot of people they've been tossing out Michael Fassbender and it's like ooh that's perfect I mean he did a great Magneto but it's like 
I don't, oh I don't want to, you know, like, I don't know, man. I, well, it's the same thing where it's like, I like it, but I, I want to see him be a hero now. Yeah. I would play Dr. Doom. I would love that. Like, I think like, I mean, I'm ugly enough that I could hide behind the mask Jeez. and that'd be great. One, you're very handsome. But, Chris, I never say that. <laughs> I was fishing for compliments. But I can, like, I can see that Michael Fassbender now. Also, there was a rumor going around that I'd love to see. I hope it happens. But John Krasinski being Mr. Fantastic. No. Yes. No. Because no. John Krasinski. Mitch is officially kicked off the show. No. Because John Krasinski's got to play Oliver Queen in the live action movie for me. Okay. So he could be in okay. both universes. Uh, you could be in both the universes. He could that's be fine. the Fantastic Arrow. <laughs> he could be Mr. Green. <laughs> if he wants to do both, that's fine. But he has to be Oliver Queen for me. He would be a great Oliver Queen. Thank you. I can see <laughs> that. Yes. As far as Mr. Fantastic, he's got the funny chops. And I mean, seeing him and Jack Ryan, Jack I, th- Ryan. I think he could do it. Uh, uh, the. 12 hours or 18 hours or 13 yep, hours. The, the, the war movie, right? The 13 hours, the so secret good. soldiers of Benghazi. Yeah, that was Yeah, he, he could definitely play that. those roles. So now it's like, who would be a good foil to him to be? To be Dr. Dr. Doom? Doom? I don't know. Rain Wilson. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. No. Uh, I don't know. My uh, Dr. Doom, I don't know who would who would be Javier Bardem. Oh. He does have a good voice. Right? Yes. Okay, yeah. Because that's honestly, yeah. like for me, that's going to be the big sales point. Because like, yes, Dr. Doom's a vain man, but it doesn't matter because we're going to see that armor. And so that whole time, you need that voice. Mm-hmm. You just need that perfect Latvian accent voice that's just going to entice you and then realize that when it gets angry, you're hosed. <laughs> just cast this movie. I'm, I'm, we're going to watch Mr. Fantastic in the Three Kings. <laughs> doing this craziness <laughs> <laughs> all right sorry we sidetracked you oh okay we'll go back to the comics <laughs> all right so let's see um let's see okay old man quill issue 10 will be out i've been enjoying this series uh it's a tragic tale but again the whole universe that is old has been very very tragic um so I, 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 I yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Powers of X will get a fourth printing. Punisher issue 16 will be out there. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Runaways issue 25. Savage Avengers number six. Spider-Man Velocity number one gets a second printing. Spider-Verse will be getting a new book. Nice. That's right. So what's going on here? Well, Miles Morales finally feels like he gets the Spider-Man stuff, and then his life falls through a portal. So... Uh, this looks like it'll actually be kind of a sort of spinoff from the movies. So we're going to be seeing a lot of other people. We'll see Spider May, Spider Ham, Gwen, Spider Gwen, and uh, various others. So uh, if you were a fan of the movie, I would definitely say pick this up because it looks like it's going to play heavily into that. Uh, there's a bunch of Star Wars books as well. And then we've got Thanos, original graphic novel, The Infinity Ending. Uh, This will be coming from Jim Starlin and Alan Davis, so this will conclude the new trilogy. Uh, True Believers will be giving us the first appearance of Bishop. And another bonus, the first appearance of Kitty Pryde and Emma Frost. Uh, There will be collected in one of those. And then Valkyrie Jane Foster, issue two, gets a second printing. That was in the Dark Phoenix saga, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. So that was the cover where you see uh, Colossus lifting up one of those giant robot guards to throw them. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is like, I think this is like where we really finally get into the Hellfire, uh, the Hellfire Club's kingdom into there. So that's what's on your spinner rack. A lot of good stuff. Uh, Ghost Rider. And that's all you need to know. <laughs> spooky, spooky. All right. That's your spinner rack for the week. And let's get into the story we want to talk about. It's, uh, like we said, a big story, a huge 
you know, uh, ramifications in the DC universe, the death, uh, a death in the family. This is the death of Jason Todd, Robin 2. God, I remember reading through this last year. Okay. And because I don't know, I think I was just going through a Batman kick and someone had recommended it because there was a lot of, you know, controversy at the time of it, like, oh, voting on whether or not we're going to kill Robin, whatever. And I remember reading through it and having a really good time because for me, there's a very big distinction in times for me reading comic books. There's the times where they looked like old comic books that had a very specific look to them, right. even the way that the paper felt, to kind of the, the new comic books, the kind of their feel, the way they look. So this was very much in the old wheelhouse for me. And I thought like, oh, this is going to be bad writing, this <laughs> and that. No. it. I I fell for Jason Todd, just seeing him just get the shit kicked, kicked out of him, to be beat up with the pipe, the Joker, yeah. and you know the whole run around with like his, his, his fake mom or that whole issue. And it... It is good writing that still holds up today. Yeah. Um, so Jim Starlin, who's having wrote this. <laughs> an amazing resurgence right now with yeah. everything that he's done yeah, uh, so, coming back into play. But um, yes, Jim Starlin wrote this. This is what? Uh, 1988. December 1988. December uh, I got to say this. Jim Starlin, his run on Batman is often forgotten, which is a shame because it's beautiful stuff. Uh, last week when we had uh, the, the Spawn Roundtable and I was talking with Ray and I recommended uh, Batman issue 423, the greatest issue of Batman ever. Hands down, I guarantee you, you'll read this and you will you will agree with me. Uh, again, written by Jim Starlin. like His run on Batman was kind of just a happy accident and it was amazing. Uh, Jim Aparo, uh, may he rest in peace, he was an amazing Batman artist and he really brought it. Like A lot of these iconic looks for Batman, Joker, Rob and all of them were in this story. And then one more pleasant surprise, Mike Magnolia did the covers. Yep. A lot of people often, uh, they, don't, they don't talk about that because it's just the covers. But yeah, the creator of Hellboy uh, came over to do the cover special for this series. Now you said issue 423 is the number is best Batman story ever. And this is issues 426 through 429. Oh, yeah. So I mean th- that would your your best issue is ramping right up into this. Oh issue. yeah, no, I've got um. So I I know you guys have seen this. So I I do my own comic book binding, and um, I have a story, a set of stories that basically starts with Batman Year One, which is Batman issue four hundred and one, and essentially it kind of runs all the way up to like. I think Batman 444 and then like some extra issues that go in there. So it's almost like 50 books. But in this run, you get the origin of Dick Grayson, the origin of Jason Todd and the origin of um, Tim Drake. And then you see Batman's origin in there as well. Batman year one, year two, year three, just amazing stuff. So like that run from whatever it was like 19, I think it was probably like 1986 to like about 1989, that was a glorious three years of Batman comics. Just amazing stuff being put out there. Now, again, it has a tinge of nostalgia for me because back when I was a kid um, at like the little Walgreens and stuff like that, they used to do these three for 99 cent comics and they took a lot of the comics from that era and reprinted them. So that's why one of my first Batman stories is Batman issue 423. So obviously I I have a huge love for that issue. But again, you read it, you'll be right there with me. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. <laughs> Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. <laughs> So let's talk about the 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 big like cool new gimmick they decided to do with these issues. Yes. So when did it start? When did the the number that you could call one eight hundred kill your sidekick <laughs> to whether or not you wanted 
Jason Todd to die at the end of the story or live? Like, do you, do, does that start in 426? Uh, basically, yeah. Like, it's... So, whatever part one of the story is. So, do you have the issues handy? Let's see. It'd be 426. Uh, right? Yeah, issue 426. So, I would say, like, right around issue 426, they put it out there. And it was like, okay, you have, like, I think, like, a month. I think the turnaround time was, like, a month to vote. Um, it was one nine hundred seven two zero two six six six. That was the death number, and then it was one nine hundred seven two zero two six six zero, which would let Robin live. Uh, it was actually no, I'm sorry, it only ran for thirty six hours, September fifteenth wow. of nineteen eighty eight at wow. eight a.m., and then it ended on September sixteenth, nineteen eighty eight at eight p.m. So that was crazy. Um, and something else, kids, you had to pay 50 cents to make this phone call. 50 cents a call. So a lot of people spent 50 cents to kill Jason Todd. That's <laughs> how badly they wanted to see this little bastard die. But that's the thing was that, as Chris has told me many times, it was it came down to like four votes or something like that, yeah, right? It was very close. It was like, super close. Um, I'm trying to see as I look through this. The, the like, the, yeah, it was like within like a handful of votes like okay there was over 10,000 votes casted so it was like 5,000 something to 5,004 it was crazy close between the two um and even then there's been recently some controversy okay here we go 5,343 favor of death 5,271 in favor of uh, surviving so 72 vote difference so it's very very close when you're considering this was nationwide um I mean, there would have been people like me who didn't read their comic books the week it came out, so I would have missed the 36-hour window. And I've been like, "Damn it!" You could still call. <laughs> um, but even then, but even then, there was recently some controversy that came out that they basically kind of have proof that there was a robocall. Like somebody actually did no. set up a machine to call over and over and over. So well, I guess if that you paid fifty out, cents a, a yeah, call, so that's how bad they want. Like they paid a robot to kill Jason Todd. <laughs> that sounds like the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, Wait, how old was Joaquin Phoenix when this came out? Oh right, no wow, kidding. no kidding. <laughs> or Todd Phillips, maybe. Ooh. <laughs> so. Uh, let's 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 go back. We we've talked about this story uh, in in certain ways about for when we were talking about other stories, but let's let's go back to Jason Todd's figuring out that his mother is not dead. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Jason Todd appears like I think April of eighty three. Mm-hmm. Like that was actually the the month and year I was born. And so he he was basically a Dick Grayson clone, straight up. He was Dick Grayson with blonde hair. Uh, Killer Croc was threatening the circus to kill the performers. He does kill the Todds. And so Dick Grayson, out of guilt, basically is like, oh, my God, this poor kid. I should have seen the signs. So he lets him become the next Robin. And he did have his own distinct Robin costume. It was gaudy looking. It was horrible. (laughs) Uh, Then finally, they just decided to say, hey, you know what? Um, We'll dye his hair black and he'll run around dressed up as Robin. And that was the pre-crisis continuity. It was horrible. So finally, when crisis happened, uh, Max Allen Collins, Mac, as they call him, and he was the guy who wrote uh, Into Perdition, Road to Perdition. Right. Uh, he was a great crime 
horror buff history guy. So he, he would love to actually put real details in there. So basically you had this kid who would go to Ma Gunn's orphan school and he was basically being trained to be a thief. So now little Jason Todd, who has authentic black hair, he's ripping off the wheels of the Batmobile and then Bruce Wayne or Batman catches him and he decides to bring him into his life as the new Robin because there was a bad fallout between Dick and Bruce. Um, so now Jason Todd has his own story. But the thing is, they didn't really curb him like he was kind of being a punk and then he was even more punky and even more punky to the point of where he was being annoying. Uh, he was very just in the things that he did. But like the final straw, I think, where people were getting annoyed was they had a two part story where a um, diplomat actually comes to Gotham and he's raping women. And Jason Todd finds out about it and he's ready to go after this guy. And Batman's like, but he's a diplomat. He's got immunity. There's nothing we can do. And Jason Todd's like, I don't care. And he literally, he, he's, he's stalking the diplomat. And finally, when the diplomat lets his guard down, he's about to rape a woman. And Jason Todd busts in, grabs the guy, dangles him over the edge of the building and just lets him fall. And then it's like, people are like, okay, this Robin is too much. This is not what we think. And so that's a crazy, I'm going to stop you there for a second. <laughs> Just the, the times, right? Because if that was happening in today's, mm-hmm. people would have jumped at that. He would have been one of the favorite characters. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like hey, that, that would that, happen in the 90s. That would have been, they would have been a favorite character. Because, wow. I mean, you think about it, that's exactly what Spawn and Punisher does. Like, you oh, know, yeah. the, they who deem them, you know, criminal, you can kill them kind yeah. of thing. Jason had too much of an edge. He had too much. Yeah. Oh, he really did. Like, he was, he was just, like, for him to be Robin, it was too much. I think that's why people that, like him that as could Red be Hood, it too, though. But yeah, with it being Robin, it was like this is this is like it says something, and it and it was good. I mean, it was really good storytelling. Um, and so, anyways, yeah. So uh, as far as Jason Todd knew, his mother had died of cancer. His father was a henchman for Two Face. Um, but then all of a sudden, like when he's walking the streets one day, cause he gets in a fight with Batman, this lady is like, Hey, aren't you that Todd boy? And he's like, yeah. Oh, I've got a box of your mom's stuff. And so he gets it and he looks at his birth certificate and he basically comes to find out that the woman who raised him was actually not his birth mother. Mm. And so, you know, having access to the bat computer and everything, he gets it down to being three possible choices. Uh, one of them is lady Shiva. Uh, another one is like a, um, FBI lady. And then the third one is a like FEMA relief nurse. And so he eventually takes off to go investigate this stuff himself. And Batman's like, Oh, my credit card's being used, you know, and Jason's not around. So eventually they meet up and track it down. So the first lady that they meet is lady Shiva. So lady Shiva is just this like crazy, martial arts expert and all this stuff. And so they managed to take her down and then they ask her point blank, like, did you have children? And she looks and then she starts laughing. She's like, I've had litters of children everywhere. <laughs> and Batman feels bad. Cause like this means something. So they basically get inject her with true serum. And she's like, no, I've never had a child. All right, cool. Well, so, Cassandra Keynes is her child. Well, at the time, right. At the but time. I'm saying yeah. new continuity. Yes. <laughs> Could you imagine if Cassandra Kane and Jason Todd were related? They were brother and sister, like half brother and sister. That is a cool Elseworlds. <laughs> I like that. Like, I think that would be really neat. Like that. There, there should be a twist or that should definitely be explored. Yeah. All right, Tom King, you've got a new mission. Nope. Again, uh, I, I thank God that Dr. Manhattan exists. He, uh, <laughs> changing things around. Yep. Uh, let's see. So then 
Actually, no, I'm sorry. Lady Shiva was the second lady. The first lady, um, I can't find her name. Was it the doctor? No, 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 because the doctor was the third one. So the first lady, basically, like, Robin would have liked her to have been his mom. Like, she was really cool. She's this, um, like, just this cool undercover agent and all this stuff. That's right, yeah. And basically, you know, at the time, her mission wouldn't have allowed her to be in the location. So, therefore, it wasn't. Then finally, they meet Sheila Haywood, a horrible woman who turns out to be Jason's mother. Uh, basically, she is like a like a FEMA aide, uh, a medical worker. She's out there helping people and stuff like that. So at first, they're, seems like a good person. Yeah, and you're like, oh, this would be perfect. So they're over in Ethiopia with disaster relief. Jason meets her. He's like, she's great. Bruce meets her. Oh, this is fantastic. And then all of a sudden, like, okay, well, you boys run along. I've got to take care of stuff. And then, bam, here's the Joker. And he's like, hey, you know, if you don't want people to discover that you've been stealing drugs and selling them from your federal relief aid, you're going to make sure that these Joker-infected drugs will go to those Ethiopians. Because for the first time, they're going to smile. And it's like, oh, man, this is a sinister plot by the Joker. And now this is a Joker who is fresh off of crippling Barbara Gordon because a death in the family, sorry, the killing joke had just happened. And that's, what's crazy because again, that's, that's Alan Moore. This is Jim Starlin. So those two stories probably weren't talked about by the same people. The editor knew, but Danny O'Neill knew. Yeah. So (laughs) So it's like, man, the Joker's going to have a horrible two years here. So anyway, so you know, these Joker and laced drugs are going to go out there. So Sheila's like, yeah, here's the drugs. Go for it. So the truck drives off. The Joker's like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to go be the Joker. I'll see you in a little bit. Robin turns around and he's like, mom, I just heard that. Are you in trouble? And she's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in trouble. Yeah, sure. And so she's like, okay, you know, and then Jason reveals, he busts open the shirt. I'm Robin. She's like, okay, Go ahead and put on your costume. Let's go confront the Joker. Or no, she's like, go ahead and put on your costume. Here we go. She sells her own son out to the Joker. Yep. Like she straight up is just like, hey, uh, here's Batman's little bird sidekick. So he ties him up and the Joker just goes to town, ties him up, beats him with the crowbar. And those panels are savage. Let me ask you this. Is the crowbar a thing for the Joker before this? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was one of those little items that was associated with it. Like this definitely highlights it, but I can I can say that I I do remember seeing like I think it just goes back to the 40s with gangsters, you know, it was either a gun or a crowbar. Uh-huh. And so I think that's just one of those easy weapons that you can get in your hand. Of. Okay. I th- yeah. cuz I mean I, I, I think of I with Joker, I honestly I think of the the gun with the bang. Yeah. You know, I think of the mallet I think of the flower. the, the flower with the yeah the, the acid, acid yeah. the Hawaiian but, shirts. But the only thing, the only time I ever think of the 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 crowbar is when it's beating to death Jason Todd. Yeah, and now you you do like especially you play injustice like that's one of his weapons that he pulls out yeah. a crowbar and beats beats the crap out of somebody. Right. So I always I think that oh wow this is you know that's because of Jason Todd. I mean even if even if he did have a crowbar beforehand. Like people know the Joker uses a crowbar because of death in the yeah. family. Oh, I definitely like that. That's the big association factor yeah, mm-hmm. right there. Uh, so yeah, so he savagely beats Jason. Uh, and if that's not enough, <laughs> oh well, you know, well then the best part is he does this right in front of Sheila, and she just smokes a cigarette. Yeah. She steals herself, and then it's like, okay, well we're getting ready to leave. Uh, set the bomb and let's go. But then he locks Sheila in there, and that's the moment when she finally feels remorse because 
she's going to die. So she was totally content with Robin being beaten and then going to be left in the building to explode, but only until finally she gets locked in. So now she's sad, and Jason was a good man all the way to the end because even then like he tries to disable the bomb but after taking like several hits from a crowbar you're not really no. in the best frame of mind he actually jumped on top of the bomb to try to shield her um so that's this that's part two basically so that would have been issues 426 427 428 opens up and this is crazy because by this point the voting's done so i remember i think it's in I either have a first or second printing of the trade paperback and there's a forward in there by Denny O'Neill. And he said that night he was at his house and he had his drawer. And in one drawer was the, the living pages and a one page and the other drawer was the ending pages. And he was just looking at them. It's like in a matter of hours, he's going to know which ones he's going to have to pick. So Jim Aparo actually drew both. And I'll talk about that in a little bit because there's a neat little bit of history. So anyway, so obviously the death pages came. Uh, it's a beautiful recap. You just see Batman, he like he he realizes like he sees the explosion, but then he sees the truck driving off. So he goes after the truck. He stops the infected drugs from going, but then he's got to race back over to that building. Once he gets there, you know he's playing every scenario in his mind. Like oh my god, he's revisiting the history of Jason Todd. Finally, he gets there. He finds Sheila, you know, and she's like he was a good boy, um, but you know no. And then she dies right there. And then finally, he finds the body of Jason, and he picks him up. And then you have the choice between the two pages and this, the page that did get printed was the one where Batman just sinks into himself, realizing he's got a dead Jason. Um, The story continues and eventually, you know, Batman just says, Hey, they were killed by the Joker. He flies the bodies over, has them buried on Wayne estate. Both Um, bodies. Yeah. He brought Sheila back in because she had nowhere else to go and he didn't know how evil she was. basically. Um, And so at that point then, you know, it kind of leads up to the state department uh, Batman's kind of like something's going on. That's when he meets up with Superman and Superman's like, Hey, you know, I heard about the funeral, which by the way, that was a sad page because at the funeral, it's basically Jim and Barbara, Bruce and Alfred. And that's it. That was it. It's such a cold, lonely day. And, um, so anyway, Superman's talking. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm guessing that was Robin. And, you know, Batman's just enraged because the detective already knows like, what are you talking to me for? Why are we at the UN building? What's going on? And that's when Iran decided to make Joker their um, diplomat. Yeah. And so they wanted to send the Joker in there. And Superman is there by orders from the from the State Department, the president, to back off. So, of course, Batman says, fine. Batman can back off, but Bruce Wayne won't. So Bruce Wayne makes a co- quite a few arrangements, and he goes. The best part, though, is the night before they go to the UN assembly, Batman shows up at the Joker's room and he doesn't say anything. And the Joker's like, Hey, how's it going? Bats? You know, you you can't charge me anymore. Nothing can be done. And Batman's just sitting there. He's giving the silent treatment. And basically finally the Joker confesses to the death of Jason. Like he wasn't sure there could have been a chance, but then of course the Joker steps on it, but Joker doesn't care. No, you know, he's going to be like, Hey, it's fine. And, And Batman's like, now I know. And now whatever happens will happen. Um, so they go to the UN, the Joker totally busts out with his laughing gas. He's going to spray it out there for all these world leaders. Luckily, Superman is there disguised as a guard. So he inhales all the gas, flies out into space. Bruce Wayne busts open the bat symbol, you know, and then they start fighting. Helicopter, it's taking off. Helicopter crashes. I love that Batman finally gets to the surface and he's yelling at Superman, find him, find his body now, find it now. And, 
You know, of course they never do. Uh, that would take us to issue 429. The next time we see the Joker is issue 450. Wow. So they put the Joker away for a while, like almost two years. Why? Because he went on a rampage. <laughs> you know, they're kind of like, yeah, we got to let this character cool <laughs> off. You know, that was uh, recently, within the last couple of weeks, I, I re-watched uh, Batman Assault on Arkham, ah. uh, Arkham Asylum, um, the animated movie. And the end of that has Deadshot nailing... Um, is it Deadshot or is it Harley? One of them nails uh, Joker to the inside of a helicopter as it falls to the ground. So I yes. was like, I wonder if that's well, like an homage, homage to that. Yeah, it might be. Which also is what happens in uh, David Ayer's Suicide Squad. He's in a helicopter that falls to the ground. Yeah. Who's, is that the way we're going to take out the Joker eventually? Is he's going to die in a helicopter crash? Uh, no. No. <laughs> he survives those. Um, there's a it's great he always Joker. Survives. Uh, there's a great actual like you see the dead body. There's a we'll talk about that sometime in the future. But one thing I forgot to mention, uh, it was actually when when you see that Joker has been given the uh, diplom- dip- diplomatic spot for Iran, uh, he is actually given that by real world radical dictator Khomeini. Um, so yeah, this was like this is the 80s. This is Cold War. You know, Ronald Reagan business and <laughs> Iran and the United States. I mean, when are we not having high tensions? But yeah, they actually took a real world person and insert him in that story. I mean, they'd hire the Joker. That shows you how evil they'd be. Oh, yeah. They're not us. So this. <laughs> um, then actually, it was so popular, the death of Jason Todd, that they had a Saturday Night Live segment. Yeah. Um, uh, basically, like, they, they, they kind of dealt with it. Um, and uh, like, it was, it was crazy. So like, they didn't really, I guess I shouldn't say that they like Eddie Murphy brought it to light. So he was talking about it. And so like, he kind of joked about it. He's like, yeah, we have this comic book character. So, uh, you need to call in now if we are going to boil Larry the lobster or not. Wow. (laughs) So like it, it totally, it, it made up, um, or no, I'm sorry. Eddie Murphy kind of inspired that i guess is uh, the way okay. i should be saying that so, got it yeah and you know they they thought it would be fun and so jeanette khan and and denny o'neill were like okay well, if we're gonna do this it's got to be something big you know it can't just be like hey should green lantern wear a ring or should it be a bracelet you know they wanted something serious so yeah and that was that was just crazy so what was it about the the pages that about that Jim Aparo? Oh, so yes, drew. Jim Aparo. So he he drew it like they commissioned him to do both, and obviously they were only going to use one. And so those pages sat in Denny O'Neill's desk for the longest time. Uh, luckily, as DC Comics has moved around in New York, at one point Denny O'Neill found those pages again. And during the time of Infinite Crisis, right before Infinite Crisis hit, we had Under the Red Hood story arc coming on, which basically revealed that Jason Todd was back to life. So I think it's Batman. Man Annual 25, um, which really goes into how Jason Todd survived and all these fun things, they actually finally printed those pages where Batman is holding Robin, he feels a pulse, and he screams yes instead of looking solemn. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Jim Aparo's artwork actually finally got used. So now we live in a world where both have happened. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we said, it's a it's a pretty iconic Batman story. It's a pivotal DC story. It's obviously Jason Todd became more of a loved character after his death than he was when he was alive. Yeah, obviously a lot more popular now as a Red Hood than he was yeah. as Robin. Um, I, I I don't know 
what else to say? I mean, this is where we're talking about Joker. This is this. These are Joker stories. This is yeah. the brutal well, I mean, death of a of a of a Robin? And yeah. he brings. I love that he always brings it up too. Like I'm pretty sure I killed a Robin at one point. Like oh, yeah. that's his highlight. Yeah, always. Yeah. He loves doing it too. Well, you know, this was this is a pivotal thing. I mean, at that point, you know, like Bucky died, but Bucky died on panel because of an explosion. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, uh, we knew he was never going to come back. Uncle Ben died. It was a nameless burglar who shot and killed him, but we knew he was never going to come back. Jason Todd was a main hero. He was a titan. He had an action figure, and they killed Robin, and Joker did it, and he revels in it. He loves the <laughs> fact that he, like you said, you know, like there'll just be sometimes where Batman walks down the aisles of Arkham Asylum, and Joker will be like, Hey, uh, didn't I kill that Robin? <laughs> you know, how's like, Robin doing? Wow, you scumbag! And and he did. You're right. There would be times where he would just look at Batman. He's like, "How's how's Robin?" Yeah. And you know, he would totally unnerve him. And for the longest time, that guilt haunted Batman. Uh, I'm pretty sure we all read Nightfall. And if you remember when Joker and uh, Scarecrow teamed up, Scarecrow hit Batman with the fear toxin in order to relive his greatest fear, which was failing Jason. And that one got to the point where Batman actually got enraged and he darn near killed Joker and Scarecrow at that point. So it was a huge thing. Um, But yeah, such a pivotal story. That is what led to why we have Tim Drake. Because at that point, it was like, we don't have a Robin, and that was horrible Mm -hmm. that we killed Robin. So they quickly had to make one. So if you ever go back issue diving, and there's three Batman stories you need to have as actual comics, I would recommend go and find this, uh, Batman A Death in the Family. It's a four-part series. Uh, Batman Year 3, which is a three-part miniseries, which looks at the origin of... Uh, Dick Grayson and it really has Dick confronting Batman about Jason's death and then lastly would be A Lonely Place of Dying which really has what's going to happen with Robin and the introduction of Tim Drake and we talk about this a lot like the idea that Tim knows that knows the secret identity of of Batman and Bruce Wayne Mm -hmm. knows that Batman needs a Robin and then knows that the last Robin was killed in the line of duty so he's like I have to take this on, yeah. But I know that this could get me killed, this like very get, much yeah. get me killed. Yep. And well, you were saying that this is the thirtieth anniversary. Uh, yeah, this is the thirtieth anniversary of of Tim Drake. Yeah. So, so. yeah, he's thirty years old. Um, but yeah, but this this story was huge because after that, that's why Tim Drake gets a different Robin costume. That's why Robin starts wearing more armor. Um, <laughs> no more pixie then, boots. Yeah, no more pixie boots. And then this leads to sequels, as we've seen with Under the Hood and Death of the Family, which we'll be talking about here very soon. So yeah, crazy stuff. And also, I wanted to bring up that there's the one time during, in I want to say Jeff Johns' run of Teen Titans. I know it's Teen Titans, but I'm not sure if it's Jeff Johns or not. But in Teen Titans, we're... Uh, Tim Drake convinces Connor Kent to wear a Robin outfit and go and intimidate uh, the Joker. Like, yeah, yeah you did kill a, a Robin. You didn't kill me. And like goes and beats him up kind of thing. Hell yeah. So. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That, that's legendary. Right <laughs> and talking about legendary, I mean, the Joker, yes, he's a legendary character. He does so many things. But what really adds to making him the, the greatest of Batman's adversaries, right, is that whole idea where killing joke happened. He did something completely atrocious to Batgirl. And it's unforgivable what he did. And then instead of them, you know, doing something different, they doubled down. Mm-hmm. And they had him kill Robin. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what really built Joker being as prominent as he is. Because he took down two of Batman's family members. 
Which is to to me yeah. as if I was Batman would seem almost worse than taking me down. Like, yes. Well, and that's and that's what's so beautiful about it because if Joker kills Batman, obviously Batman wouldn't have to worry. But he's got to live with the guilt of not being there for Barbara, and he's got to live with the guilt of the loss of Jason Todd, or the fact that you you've captured the Joker how many times, yeah. and he still gets out and does this, and he did this to someone in your family, two people in your family. Yeah. And I think that's why it's even so much better that when they do under the hood. And when you, that scene when he's got the gun to the Joker and Batman's in there in that dirty apartment, he's like, you know. It's not so much that it, you didn't, uh, was it that, that it's not so much that I died, but it's that you let him live? Yeah. Yeah. Why oh. is this piece of garbage still here? I yeah. thought you would take him out after what he did to me. Yeah. And yeah. that's important. Reading The Red Hood recently, one of my favorite things that they talk about um, specifically is. Again, it's this whole idea where Jason Todd was such a cool character. I'll always think Nightwing will always be my favorite Robin for a lot of the things that he did because, you know, he set the mold. Mm -hmm. But Jason was just so different. And I like that edge, that, that idea of him having an edge. Specifically, when Alfred talks about him, specifically on like the whole idea of the Batman mythos, he says, This is Alfred talking. And he's talking about Batman. Some believe he is just a man. Others believe he is an army. Some think he can't. Some think he can't be injured. Others believe he can't die. But the boy, Jason Todd, did say something to me that chilled me to the bone. Even then, they all know he won't kill them. Yeah. And I think that's where it adds because that showcases, you know, the way that Jason was able to think things through because of his upbringing, right? And his whole thing is like, I'm not saying we kill Cobblepot, the Riddler, Catwoman, Two-Face, just him. Mm -hmm. This man who's caused so much destruction. And it adds so much more to that Batman mythology, right? He will not kill. And at what cost? And see, and how does that work with the whole urban legend of Batman idea? Like, so his main villains, his rogues gallery, know that he won't kill them. But do the 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 two bit thugs don't like? Do they not know? Do they not know that? Do they not know that the Batman doesn't kill? I think they do because it kind of that when you asked that, it made my brain go automatically to I think it was what was it Batman, uh, the Dark Knight, mm -hmm. and when he's got the crime boss mm -hmm. um, Eric Roberts when he's holding him and he's like, you know, and he's laughing. He's like, you're not gonna kill me. Everybody knows the Batman. But it, yeah, kill. everybody knows. But then he drops them, breaks those legs, and it's like, I don't have to kill you, but I, I, I you I'll know. get you to talk. Yeah. yeah, and so I think that's what it is. Is it's like, yeah, you know, in death we're not scared because it's done, but in living you got to deal with the pain and the medical bills, and that's what scares <laughs> me the most about Batman. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, that was a, a great one hundred and one of the death in the family. Uh, next week, like we said, we're going to do a Joker one or one. So if you have any input on the Joker and you'd want to talk, you want us to talk about, you want to, you want to hear about, you want to contribute, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Start telling us your favorite Joker stories, start researching and then share them with us. So that way we can talk about it. And, uh, just, just in, in, uh, preparation for the movie, um, please do. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia G E M G E M stands for geek elite media. You can find Chris on Twitter as well as... Uh, stuff I should say should be spelled S-H-U-D. And you can find his writing at... Oh, yes, and then go head on over to Adventures in Poor Taste. Uh, I do some comic reviews there, so you know if you want to taste some of the finer comics and get some viewpoints, as give well, a read. As well as our website, geeklymedia.com. Also find Rafa online at... Mobile Rafi. And that's your Twitter and your YouTube. The greatest places in the world. <laughs> <laughs> as well as some writing at our website, geekleapmedia.com. 
The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network on our website, geekleetmedia.com. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.